Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good morning. It's 830. I'm Karen Brown and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, find out why a bill being considered by the state legislature has some worried about job security for state employees. The public sector workers serve them as a service, whereas in the private sector, you have stockholders and all of that just looking to reap a profit from the labor of the workers. But these are public servants. They are supposed to work for you. And after everyday tech, the pros and cons of creating a so-called capital improvement district in Jackson. It's not enough money. It's going to make a start. So you got to start somewhere. I will vote for the bill. My fear is that the city will step away from it and we will not be complimenting the city, but we will be, in fact, replacing the city. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A bill that would remove most state employees from the protection of the state personnel board is being held on a motion to reconsider in the House of Representatives. House Bill 974 passed Thursday by a vote of 62 to 58. The motion to reconsider means the bill could be brought back up for more debate or for a second vote. Brenda Scott is with a union that advocates on behalf of state employees. She says workers deserve better protection, as she tells MPB's Ezra Wall. Well, right now, the state employees have the uh, privilege of having a policy in place. When it calls for a reduction in force, there is uh, a retention point of workers based on their years of service, job performance, and veteran status. And they are uh, dismissed from their jobs only because of just cause. It prevents politicalization, uh, favoritism, and things of that nature from occurring because uh, the state personnel board uh, addresses uh, the grievances, and that's the only thing really that they would lose. They would be willing, they would be uh, at the whims of being dismissed for a good reason, bad reason, or no reason at all. They don't have to give a cause, regardless of their years of service. So um, it's a bad deal for our state employees all over the state of Mississippi because there's no job stability there. So it would basically allow agency heads to dismiss uh, any employee under their purview for any reason or for no reason at all. It would basically mean that all state employees in Mississippi were treated as at-will employees. Exactly. And, and um, yes, yes. State government used to be a pretty kind of stable job if you went to work, did your job. And it's a very important job because we have less public employees, state workers, than the services that are provided by the state is uh, um, at risk because you can only serve X number of citizens with X number of workers. And what the public have to understand, the public sector workers serve them as a service, whereas in the private sector you have stockholders and all of that is looking to reap a profit from the labor of the workers. So, you know, and we are basically a lot of people look at the House of Representatives and the Senator and the Governor as big people, but these are public servants. They are supposed to work for you. 
So when you look at our state employees who are currently lagging on an average of $9,000 left in salary in comparison to Tennessee, Louisiana, Alabama, and Arkansas, clearly the legislature is sending a message to those individuals that these other states value your service more than we do. Now, in addition to them lagging $9,000 behind their counterparts, now they're going to be going to work. How do you buy a house, car? How do you survive assisting your children in college and all of those things when you don't know if you're going to have a job from day to day? Proponents of this bill uh, raise a couple of points, and I'd like to raise those to you one at a time and get your reaction to those. Proponents of this bill, uh, first of all, the uh, executive directors and others affiliated with agencies say they need a little bit more flexibility, especially uh, in you know month after month of budget cuts. They need to be able to uh, trim the size of their agencies. Agency heads have had an opportunity to trim the size of their agencies since forever. Because if you have a worker that's not productive and you can document that, you can come up with just cause to relieve them of their duties. Why have an agency head who's making mega bucks that's got a number of supervisory people working under them that's not doing their job? So that argument really is a, a cop-out. It's a, it's a diversion away from the real reason that they want to do this. Uh, another another uh, objection that, that proponents uh, raise uh, to the idea of leaving all the state employees under the state personnel board is that the the lack of job security is something that uh, our counterparts in the private sector deal with on a regular basis. It, it isn't, it wouldn't put state employees, uh, according to them, in any more difficult position than the average employee in Mississippi faces on a daily basis. But the private sector is out there to make a profit, and they are going to, that's the least, if they would take care of the workers in the private sector, pay them a living wage, and all of that. But when you're in the, in the private sector, you're at the whim of whomever the owners and the stockholders is. We are the owners of state government. You're home we for the, the arts. stockholders in state government. And until the general public understand the kinds of services that our public workers render on a daily basis, every I don't care how wealthy you are, I don't care how poor you are, you're driving highways where MDOT workers are, if you have loved ones in prison or you are in a position to incarcerate, you have to have people there that can provide, make the community safer. We have individuals who are not in full control of their mental capacity. Public workers are there. It's no, when you're spending in your state taxes, there's no reason in complaining that you haven't gotten them and it's been six weeks. Well, when you don't have enough workers there to do it, then that's what happens. But in the private sector, it's all about profit. It productivity will be up, and productivity is up. And I think our state workers over a period of time have gotten a bad rap because there are many state employees who are working for the state and moonlighting in second jobs like I did when I was a state worker, running pieces at Domino's when we are rendering a service to the citizens of Mississippi. I mean, Mississippi's at the bottom of everything for a reason, because we don't think about
about how to get up off the bottom. And, and you're not going to get off the bottom until you raise the least of these up. We've been speaking with Brenda Scott, who is the president of the Mississippi Alliance of State Employees, CWA. Brenda, I thank you very much for your time today. Okay, you're welcome. House Bill 974 passed on Thursday, but it is being held on a motion to reconsider. The bill's author is Appropriations Chair John Reed, a Republican from Gaucher. Reed says with tax revenues coming in below estimate, agency heads need flexibility in hiring and firing so they can meet state-mandated budget cuts. Reed said, quote, in a Pollyanna world, I could print money and we'd all be happy, unquote. Full disclosure, Mississippi Public Broadcasting is one of the state agencies included in House Bill 974. We'll hear how some legislators describe the pros and cons of creating a so-called capital improvement district in Jackson. That's coming up after Everyday Tech. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. February is American Heart Month, and we're celebrating your heart health all month long with shows focusing on a heart-healthy lifestyle. From healthy diet to how to minimize the impact of diabetes and a plan to keep your body moving, your strong, healthy heart is our focus all month. Join me on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit every Monday at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Hey, it's Peter Sagal. Are you resolved to lose a few pounds this year? How about a few thousand pounds through the Public Radio Vehicle Donation Diet? Donate your old car, truck, or RV to support this station and drop a lot of unwanted weight from your garage in a matter of days. And you'll feel great because you're also supporting public radio in the biggest of ways. It's easy, fast, and you may even earn a tax write-off. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Sharita Brent, here with Wilkes Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the cloud, what you can do with the cloud, and what you can put in the cloud. Good morning, Wilkes. Thanks for being in today. Good morning, Sharita. Tell us a little bit about the cloud. It's not actually the one in the sky. This is the thing that people can use to store things in. So if you were to explain to somebody what the cloud is, how would you explain it? Well, the cloud is basically, uh, you know, all of us have probably seen Dorothy and following the yellow brick road and the man behind the mirror and everything. It's basically that item in the sky, in essence, it's out there. It's not something that you're physically touching all the time. It's not right there with you, but it's services. And you mentioned storage. It's those things that are out there that are being provided as a service back to us from some man behind the mirror. Do you need Internet to access the cloud or can you access it offline? You definitely need Internet for the cloud. If it's not being physically stored on the computer that you're using, in essence, you're actually using the cloud or what what the cloud Mm. really is intended to be. So what all can you put in the cloud? Or a better question is, who needs it? Is it for people who have a lot of pictures and they don't want to take up all that space on the phone? Who needs the cloud? Well, you know, uh, there's a lot of different approaches to it. One thing, you know, we mentioned on the show was talking about things like backups. Use my wife for an example. Her grandmother had written down a lot of recipes before she had passed, and we scanned these in, made PDFs out of them, and now we store them in the cloud so that other nieces, nephews, and such could actually get to them if they needed to, so as a way of backing up and protecting them. 
like you mentioned, things like photographs. Photographs are very common to put up in the cloud services. And what they really are providing you is a way to store that information away from your physical location, just a simple backup, basically. But even beyond just the storing of your files, you've also got your services. A lot of us will use iTunes and some of these other kind of programs. Those are actually cloud services. They're actually sending you music from outer space, basically. Another great example of that is you can, in essence, think of MPB Online's app as a cloud service. Mm. You're using the internet to get to that, but we are providing you content on demand from beyond your own device that's not physically located with you. Is the cloud free or do you have to pay for it? Well, it depends on the services you want. Quite a few of them, luckily, are free. Things such as Google Drive, Microsoft has OneDrive, a lot of folks have probably heard of Dropbox. Those are definitely free services. It really depends on what level of service you're looking for. If I have a cloud and I want to share some files with someone who doesn't have a cloud profile, can I do that? You can, actually. It's fairly easy to do. I'll use you know Google Drive for an example. It's as simple as right-clicking on the item or even the folder that you're wanting to share to someone. You say, I want to share this. Hey, I want to share this particular file with Wilts over here. You would right-click on that, say that you're wanting to share it, include my email address. It would then send me a message. I would not require an account. It may ask me if I would like to create one. You know, that's always an option, but I'm not required to have one, but I would be able to then access your information because you said, hey, recipient at this email address, I'm going to allow you to have this access. You can send us an email before or during the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Petraire, I'm Sharita Brent. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Thanks for listening. Struggling rural counties and key states helped put Donald Trump in the White House. But some experts are skeptical that his policies will help. Instead, they say rural America needs to invest in health care, education, and immigrants. The rural regions that will thrive in the future are the ones where that diversity is strongly expressed. I'm Audie Cornish. That story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. Aaron, who's called in from Arkansas. Mary in Ocean Springs. Marlou is on the line in Jackson. Rachel is in Clarksdale. At MPB Think Radio, we are everywhere you want to go. Sardis. Henleyville. Greenwood. Jackson. Oxford. Ocean Springs. Meridian. Hattiesburg. And we're going to Memphis. So go anywhere you want. We'll be right there with you. MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A bill to fund improving the capital city's crumbling streets has more hurdles to clear. The House passed a measure to create a capital complex improvement district with a board to oversee infrastructure projects. But the bill hasn't moved into the Senate. Some members want more time to study the plan. House Bill 1226 would provide $20 million to fund improvements in the area surrounding the state capital using 12.5% of the sales tax the city generates. Representative Robert Huddleston, a Democrat from Sumner, tells MPB's Desiree Frazier the state needs to do more to support its capital city. Based on the capital improvement bill plan that was with us today, 
a civil probation. Uh, I don't have no problem with supporting the bill, but there's certain issues in there. Like I said, I've been down here going on quite two years, and the streets are really, really terrible, and they really need fixing. My thing is, uh, Jackson is the capital state of Mississippi. They should have been fixed 20 some years, or maybe 30 years ago. I, the only thing I have a problem with about the board being appointed, and not so many members in the Jackson is going to be on that board. That's why I have a problem with it. But for the improvement, the city really needs improvement. Last year, I think the House uh, had a $20 million bill that they put together and passed out uh, for bond issue. We're talking about also for police officers in the city and also firefighters and also streets. Uh, but you're talking about this owner taking care of all the building around the, the capital building. The whole city needs fixing. If you're going to increase the tax, make sure everything gets taken care of. Don't just fix certain areas around the city. Uh, I see they're doing some patching up some holes now, which is good. But, I mean, the city of Jackson Street is terrible since I've been down here. Are you talking about that 1% sales tax that is being used to do some improvements? Well, the 1% sales tax is, is good. But it should be more than that. I'm not saying tax the people more than that. I'm saying the state should get about our end. I'm saying I, which I help support it, make sure we improve the city of Jackson. I think every town that you go into, you need to make sure the streets are good. Uh, also, the buildings are good. If they badly be shaped, condemn them. If someone owned the building did not fix them, I think they should be towed down. You expressed concerns about the number of people on the board and the makeup of it. Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, I think you're going to have a problem. The problem really is with the makeup of the board, you know, with the appointees that you got. When you're in the city of Jackson and you got a majority of the people in Jackson, I think the majority of them need to sit on that board to make sure the money is governing right. That's where the problem is going to end up being. As you know, last year they talked about the airport, which they took over that. And most of the people... Uh, on that board, it don't look like the people that are in Jackson, the one that own, already own the board. That's where your problem coming in at. You support this measure, though? I support the mortgage because it's badly needed. I just don't support the members on the board. That's the only problem that I got. The streets really need fixing in the city of Jackson. I mean, it don't make no sense for you to come here and you got to tip through the city in order to get where you're going. Representative Busby is concerned $20 million won't be enough and the state will be on the hook for more. I totally agree with Busby. Twenty million is not enough. You only can put a patch when you can need to fix the tire. And I agree with him 100%. We're going to have to do something other else. As you know, uh, they talk about lottery. When the governor made his state-of-state state speech, he mentioned something about a lottery. The lottery passed in Howell two times last year. And as you know, Miss Allie Clark, ever since she's been here, trying to introduce a bill for the lottery. Why not have the lottery in the state of Mississippi? Uh, people going across state line buying tickets. When you go there buy a ticket, you're going to spend food. You're going to spend money on gas. So why not put all the revenue here in the state of Mississippi? But like, you think it's going to pass the House? It's going to pass the House. Definitely going to pass the House because of the board ratio makeup. Uh, like I said, it's just a patch in the hole. It's not a tie. I heard the whole tie, it'll be good for the city of Jackson. I mean, when I said patch, it's not enough money. It's going to make a start. So you got to start somewhere. I will vote for the bill. Representative Robert Huddleston of Braxton. Representative Charles Busby is a Republican from Pascagoula. He says he would like to see more information about the cost of infrastructure projects within the city of Jackson. Well, it's, it's not about setting up a board for Jackson improvements. It's the idea that we're going to appropriate $20 million towards a, uh, a bunch of problems within a capital district that we do not have the cost of fixing those problems quantified. 
So if we're going to take on that responsibility, my fear is that the city will step away from it and we will not be complimenting the city, but we will be, in fact, replacing the city and being responsible for the entire infrastructure. And I don't know that $20 million fixes the problem. So then we could actually make the problem worse by not having sufficient funds to go towards these infrastructure issues. Ultimately, are you saying there needs to be more study done to find out what the projects are, how much they're going to cost, that kind of thing? Exactly, exactly. What is the cost of fixing these issues and what is the best way to address it? And I think it should be a combination of things. I think my preference would be to leave the city of Jackson in control of that body But perhaps we pick out particular projects that we could appropriate dollars for to help them out, but not take the responsibility of the total infrastructure of that district. If you took on that district, would Jackson still be able to make improvements in that area, or would you be doing them? I think the way the bill is written, Jackson would still be able to make improvements. The question would become, would they? Or would they say, well, you've taken this over now. It's your responsibility. That's really not delineated in the, in the uh, policy at all. You also brought up the 1% sales tax that they have gotten for projects. I, I guess my question would be, if we were to develop a capital improvement district, would the 1% that's generated within that district be utilized for projects in that district, or would those dollars be sent outside the district? I think we need to quantify the impact of the loss of ad valorem taxes to the city of Jackson because of the state-owned buildings within the district. I'd like to know what that number is. How much they're losing? Exactly. Representative Charles Busby of Pascagoula, both Busby and Huddleston voted in favor of House Bill 1226. It's being held in the House and could be brought back up for more debate or a second vote. In other news, more than 70 elected officials in Mississippi could face fines for not filing their campaign finance reports on time. The deadline was January 31st. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman released a list of statewide office holders and legislators who failed to submit reports. He says filers have a nine-day grace period. After that, Hoseman says office holders have to pay a fine. It's $50 a day after a notice, up to $500, and then then that's turned over to the attorney general for collection. We've had to do that before. Uh, There was a senator whose pay was uh, garnished to pay the fine. Officials have the option of filing their campaign finance reports electronically. Hoseman says he'd like to make it mandatory by 2020. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, now you're talking. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app in any mobile store. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio.
If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. February is American Heart Month, and we're celebrating your heart health all month long with shows focusing on a heart-healthy lifestyle. From healthy diet to how to minimize the impact of diabetes and a plan to keep your body moving, your strong, healthy heart is our focus all month. Join me on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit every Monday at 11 on MPB Think Radio. Struggling rural counties and key states helped put Donald Trump in the White House. But some experts are skeptical that his policies will help. Instead, they say rural America needs to invest in health care, education, and immigrants. The rural regions that will thrive in the future are the ones where that diversity is strongly expressed. I'm Audie Cornish. That story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPR. 